Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Ed was like, what film? <laughs> <laughs> what film are you watching? Like, are you watching the other <laughs> team? Or like, But basically, we, we both learned that uh, Joe Judge and Matt Rule are the same guy. You think so? Essentially, I think they are personality. We should probably save this for the show. This could yeah. be the show. Um, yeah, yeah Matt we'll, Rule is we'll Matt Rule is more more willing, and probably will be better in the long run because he's more willing to adapt. Mm-hmm. But right now, they're basically the same guy. Like we stick with the process. We don't change the process, no matter what. And it is what it is, but also Matt rule has a better general manager than Joe judge has. and probably a better process. Cause I and feel better, like better process Matt yeah. rules. Like process is very, feels very more like, uh, you know, from at least what he says, more like forward thinking, like development oriented and not like analytics, so to speak, but like, you know, m- modern, more modern, I guess, like, yeah. you know, Full. Yeah, Joe and Judge is Joe basically Judge is, it's 1986. Yeah, Joe Judge is just Dave <laughs> Gettleman as a coach. Like he's just <laughs> yes, that's the perfect way to describe it. The Keep Hello, Sounding Podcast, Brian, in case you forgot. It's the Keep Sounding Podcast. This is your week seven edition of the Keep Sounding Podcast. This is Brian joined by Brad and John, a little bit of a hiatus. Brad, how are you doing now? I'm okay. I'm here. I'm healthy. Same. Yeah, that's always good. John, how are you? Uh, confused as to why you thought I would actually put in the work to edit out a part of the show. You said I'll let you go start over. Like I would like I would actually cut out something that you say. Wishful Especially thinking, something like that. <laughs> yeah. If it's funny, it stays in the show. Yeah, I'm a little rusty. So just to r- briefly explain the hiatus. So um, the week of the Dallas game, I actually went on vacation for the first time in about a year and a half. Went and saw my family. It was all good. But also had a wedding in North Carolina, which I live in Pennsylvania, for those of you who are listening who don't remember that. Um, or weren't around when I've said that in the past. So drove down to North Carolina to go to a wedding, had everything together, thought everything was good to go, had a duffel bag with all my other stuff in it, with the podcast stuff and the laptop and all that jazz, and uh, picked up my duffel bag, thought it was full, drove all the way to the other part of North Carolina to see my parents, and uh, turned out all my shit that was in that duffel bag was still at the other hotel. So, Ooh, it was yeah. a hotel, too? 
One like What's you that? left it at like it was at a hotel. One like you left it at like someone. Oh, house. I thought you like left it at your friend's house. I didn't know you left it I at left a hotel. It, That's even worse. I left it. Oh yeah. Okay, it wasn't a hotel. It was a beach wedding house. So my friends who got married were still there and got it. So it wasn't like I had to rely on some random okay. hotel staff to to mail my stuff to me. But regardless, um, so I would have been. I, I'm now on my phone because my stuff is at the post office. Um, so I will go get that tomorrow. We'll be back to our regularly scheduled Brian shit posting shit. Um, but yeah, so that's the main reason. So everybody blame me. I'm the only reason why the podcast didn't happen. Definitely not because John and Brad have their own busy lives. So, um, <laughs> we can't do it without you, Brian. You are mm-hmm. the glue that holds the show together. How would this show go on if we didn't have you to say, hello, this is the keep sounding podcast to start. Yeah, Exactly. Like exactly. we don't even know no, where I to start. It. I don't have like a jumping off point to get anything going. Yeah, like I, I didn't even know the name of it until I heard you say it. Brad and I got <laughs> into a to a call to record a podcast and we just sat in silence because we didn't know what to do to start and then we just left. Yeah. We didn't we, we didn't know the name, so we just mm-hmm. left. Yeah. We did that three weeks yep. in a row. Yep. <laughs> we actually debated airing just a moment of silence for myself for the last two episodes, but chose not to do that. So it's fine. <laughs> Um, so yeah, the Panthers, obviously a lot has happened over the last few weeks. Uh, for starters, since the last podcast, the Panthers are 0 and 3. <laughs> Maybe we so, just didn't do the podcast because we like, we're like front runners and we only talk about the Panthers when they do well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. When everything is sunshine and rainbows is when we do the podcast. So we begrudgingly did one this week, but it's against the Giants who are 1 and 5. So, you know, maybe we'll look good. Um, so the Panthers played the Cowboys a few weeks ago, just to briefly recap that. And uh, Cowboys ran all over the Panthers after their defense looked to be historically good. They uh, they ran for like 150 yards or something like that. Um, actually, I think it was more than that, but I don't have the stats yeah, in front of me. It was a long time ago. Yeah. yeah, they ran for like 150 in like the first half or something, maybe. But uh, Oh, they ran for yeah, 245 so, yards. It was, oh, it was close to 250. Yeah. That's what I said. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so... The Panthers managed to make that more of a game, but the Cowboys are just a very good team. Uh, then the Panthers went on to play the Eagles, a team they should have beaten, and they proceeded to play down to their competition. Wow, that's shocking. Carolina playing down to their competition. Who'd have thought? So they uh, blew that game after a blocked punt by the Eagles and uh, ultimately just conservative play calling all around, bad play calling, bad offensive line protection, you know. Stuff you're probably used to if you've been watching this game, the, this team for the last six weeks of the season. Um, then there was this week where we saw the Carolina Panthers were very two-faced, I guess is the best way to put it. There were times that they looked brilliant on offense, and then there were times where nobody could catch a pass, nobody could block for Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold was throwing these weird errant passes for interceptions. Um, really frustrating game. I think that, and it's funny because I'm pretty sure both Vikings fans and Panthers fans were shouting at their TVs because they were both playing terribly. Um, then somehow Sam Darnold managed to make some magic happen, and the, t- the team we thought we knew from the first three weeks so- suddenly came out at the very end of the game. Darnold threw like a 40-yard pass to Ian Thomas on fourth down. Then he completed another fourth down completion to DJ Moore. They score with a throw to Robbie Anderson, who had dropped like eight passes in that game, um, along with a shovel pass to Tommy Tremble. So suddenly it was overtime, and the rest of the game didn't matter. But unfortunately, the Vikings got the first the first possession, and they scored a touchdown on it. So all that heroism did not matter. 
Carolina lost. So here we are, three and three. It sucks. Shit sucks. Um, John, I'll start with you. What were your uh, takeaways from any, you can whether you want to just talk about the Vikings or just all three games as a whole, just any takeaways you have for us? I think the obvious one is the the Sam Darnold situation where like Sam Darnold starting with like the Cowboys game started fading from like Panthers Sam Darnold back to Jets Sam Darnold culminating in like full Jets Sam Darnold against the Vikings like he made those nice plays in the fourth quarter but um and he didn't he got hurt by a lot of drops but he was like really bad against the Vikings like the interception on the first play of the game was bad he missed a bunch of open receivers he wasn't seeing open receivers he was uh coming off his reads too quick like it was just it was like not good at all so I think that's kind of I think that's the story in the for the totality of the three weeks at least in my opinion yeah that's pretty much what it is I mean it's Darnold looked good against Dallas. He looked okay against Philadelphia and he looked awful against Minnesota. And Mm -hmm. after looking good for three weeks, he's looked bad for three weeks. So we're back to square one and we still have no idea what we have (laughs) with Darnold. And um, I don't want to rehash all of it. John did a pretty good job of doing it just now, but I mean, he looked like he's never played with his wide receivers against the Vikings. Like he, he couldn't connect with any of them. And when he did make a good throw, Robbie Anderson would just drop it. Like it just (laughs) DJ Moore too. They both DJ Moore too. Like he would hit, he hit him in the hands and they would just drop it. And you know, the, the last drive of the game, notwithstanding it was just a complete and total shit show. He had, if I remember correctly, he had like a hundred yards passing before the final drive. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he got 98 yards on the last drive. So his end stats don't look that terrible, but he literally got half of his passing yards on that final drive. And I just, I'm going to go back to something that Hassan Reddick said a couple of weeks ago. We're not the Carolina Christian McCaffrey's. I think we are (laughs) um, because we haven't played very well since McCaffrey got hurt. And I, you know, it, I don't know what to think about the last three weeks other than it sucks. And I really hope that Sam Darnold turns it around. So I want to be hopeful. Go ahead, Brian. You go. It's your turn. I talk. I would say so. I, I get that, and I've been seeing a whole lot of Carolina's fans all over Twitter shitting on Sam Darnold. But the one thing I do want to focus on as well is that the offensive line has sucked. Like it's been oh, really it bad. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. It has. And I think that the big thing that comes from the last three games that I really noticed is that now that McCaffrey's not a factor out of the backfield because Chuba Hubbard's been playing okay I mean I think that if you just look at his stats you say oh he's playing well but there's a lot of times where he gets stood up in the hole or he'll drop a pass like he's not Christian McCaffrey he's not Christian McCaffrey light he's not going to run those plays where he can help out the protection so what I've been seeing from defenses against Carolina now is they they'll allow Carolina to run the ball a little bit and obviously that's also a problem on the coaching staff because the run running the ball has definitely not been a focal point. And when clearly if your protection's not doing well and your quarterback's getting hit all the time, running the ball definitely protects him. Um, 
But now that there's not the threat of Christian McCaffrey in the backfield constantly being someone who's open, because there's not really anybody in the NFL, I think, between linebackers, safeties, even most nickel corners who can cover him. Um, now teams are sitting on those routes for Carolina, knowing they can get after the quarterback. So I saw it so many times where, like, a receiver was running, was running a, a route, you know, 10 yards down the field maybe, and, like, the corner was not, was not respecting the deep ball. Like, they were sitting on those routes, and they would just come up and hit the guy. Like, that's part of why um, Paris Marshall is questionable because he just got blasted because the, the two defensive backs that were around him last week, like, they weren't, they weren't afraid of the deep ball. And part, that's part of why Carolina's last drive was actually successful was because Carolina was forced to push the ball down the field, and they did. And Ian Thomas made a really nice catch. That throw to D.J. Moore, it was very clear the defensive back wasn't ready to go running with him down the sideline. That put them in scoring position. Like, Sam Darnold dropped back and just chucked it, and it was a perfect throw to D.J. Moore. D.J. Moore was not sitting down on a route. It was just straight down the field. Like, I think that's just the story right now is that Carolina's offense is, is kind of under lock and key because they're very limited because their protection sucks so bad. Yeah. Go ahead, John. Okay. So yeah. I was going to say, I mean, Jonathan Vilma said that a lot on the broadcast during the Vikings game, which is that Fuck the corners, him, by the way, <laughs> I, um, <laughs> I thought he was fine as a broadcaster. I know he's got, other, Oh God, uh, don't even get me started, man. Fuck. I think he would be fine and and possibly even decent if it wasn't an NFC South team playing. Yeah, I also think he probably hit a little too hard on the Robbie Anderson's playing poorly today thing, but um, yeah. Otherwise, I mean, I thought it was fine, but um, uh, but he but he mentioned it a lot, and where Minnesota was not concerned at all with the deep ball, which part of it's play calling, part of it's I mean, it's like a very multifactorial thing, like. Part of it is not drawing up plays with the intent of pushing the ball down the field. Part of it is the protection not giving time. And then also part of it is I don't think Sam Darnold hasn't been particularly accurate when he has tried to push the ball down the field. Um, lots of throws landing out of bounds or too far down the field and stuff like that. So I think until the Panthers show that they can even hit those, I don't see the teams giving having much reason to even worry about the Panthers going like hitting plays over the top. It's not like they don't have the receivers to do it either. Like DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson and even Terrace Marshall can all play that role. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the deep ball, part of the problem with the deep ball is that because of how much pressure that we've seen Sam Darnold under, he's not able to throw the ball with the right way. And he and to, to his credit, Sam Darnold is very good at throwing the ball like off kilter, like he doesn't have to be settled down and have the perfect footwork to make a, a nice deep throw. Throw, but like those those plays where he's getting hit all the time, even if it's not, even if like on that particular play, it's not the reason it was affected. The fact that he's under pressure constantly, like it, it makes that throw a little more of a of an instinctual throw and less of a get settled and make the right decision and stuff like that type deal. I don't know. I just I don't want to blame Darnold for all the problems because I think that he's obviously not not the Cam Newton that we that we used to know and love who can make plays despite all the structure around him falling apart. Like he's just not like that. And with this offensive line, the struggles they've had, especially with all the the you know uh, revolving doors with the off with players being injured and stuff. Like I can just tell he's not he's not comfortable back there, and 
you're a quarterback in the NFL, so eventually you got to just fucking make a play. But I don't fully blame him for their problems in the passing game. No, it's it's one of those things where like there's nuance to it, where like the offensive line being as bad as it is is definitely hindering his play. But also on the on the same token, like there's no such thing as like a perfect situation for a quarterback in the NFL. Like to be a good quarterback, you have to be able to make plays when the stuff around you is not good. Um, and you know, it's kind of like the magnitude of how well you can succeed in those situations kind of depends on the help that you have. But like you, you should be reasonably expected, you know, if you're a good quarterback to make plays kind of in spite of your teammates around you at times. And I don't think, at least in the last couple of weeks, Darnold hasn't really done that very well, which I don't think was expected. That's kind of the MO of his career. I think he'd be, I think he'd be fine in a good situation, but I don't think he's good enough to elevate a poor situation. And I think that's kind of where we all landed coming into the season too. Yeah. Yeah. If we had a better offensive line, I think Darnold would be okay. Yeah. I don't know if I would say good, but he would be okay. And we just don't have that. And, Mm -hmm we're seeing what he is when he's pressured and it's like going back to Chuba Hubbard. Chuba Hubbard is a fine number two running back or even a potential starter that gets half of your carries. If you have a good offensive line, Mm -hmm. but we don't, and he is not, I mean, he's still a rookie, so you can't really, you can't really hate on him too much, but he's not the guy that can, can create yards out of nothing. And we need a guy that can do that with our offensive line the way it is. And until we get that, we're going to struggle on offense and the defense is going to wear down because they cannot play 90 snaps a game and sustain their, their run that they've had the first three or four weeks of the year. It's just not sustainable. And we're going to be in real trouble in the second half of the year. Just to kind of like put it in perspective. So I know it's a probably not like, I mean, it's football. Football stats are always house caveats them, but ESPN does their like pass block win rate and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Oh God, here comes the spreadsheet. All right. Uh, Panthers are 30th in it. So bad. Um, But like, and you know, the two teams behind them are the Texans and the Dolphins also bad, but like the Cowboys are 28th and Dak's doing fine. The Chargers are 26th. Justin Herbert's doing fine. The Buccaneers are 24th. Tom Brady's doing fine. Uh, Like, you you know, like, the offensive line isn't kind of a catch-all, like, uh, you know, quarterbacks playing poorly, well, the offensive line needs to do better and they'll be fine. Like, good quarterbacks play well behind bad offensive lines. And bad even, and the kind of the inverse is true. Like, uh, the Washington football team is third. With, but Taylor Heineke is not doing well, and the New York Jets are seventh, and uh, Zach Wilson is also not doing well. So, like, yeah, and I mean, only- to be honest, there how many how many teams out of thirty two have a good offensive line? Like, all five guys are all good. I would say you can probably count them on one hand. Yeah, I was gonna say if you were like pull maybe fan four. Base, yeah, I was well, I would say like yeah, if you're gonna like pull like the fan bases of NFL teams and say like. Do you think your offensive line is good enough? I think like maybe like four or five teams fans would say yes. And Everybody think thinks their the, offensive line. I think sucks. the fans that would say yes are also going to be blinded by the fact that like the Packers would say yes. Yeah, 
because Aaron Rodgers is their quarterback. The Chiefs would say yes because of Patrick Mahomes. Like, you don't – they're going to get more leeway because their quarterbacks are elite. But I, I really think there may be four or five good offensive lines in the NFL. So you can't keep using – well, Darnold is playing behind a trash offensive line as an excuse to excuse how bad he's been. And when you when you use that excuse, what about the literal first play of the Vikings game? Sam Darnold <laughs> had more time on that throw than he had in the entire Cowboys game combined, and he still threw it right to the defender. So it's more than just bad protection. It's bad decision-making. He's, he's seeing ghosts. He's rushing. It's, I, I, you know, miscommunication with the coaching staff. The receivers and the quarterback aren't on the same page. Like, it's a lot of things that are going wrong. And, you know, he threw that interception on that first play. And he, I think it was seven seconds is how much time he actually had. That's an eternity in the NFL. That's a lifetime. And he still couldn't make a play. So it's not just the offensive line's fault. Yeah. And the last thing I want to say about Sam Donald, because there are other players on the team. Um, and this isn't this isn't like a hindsight results thing, but like and it'll but it'll sound like that. Um, but I thought watching the game, it was like there's a very clear difference in his body language for those last two drives than there was uh for the first 55 minutes of the game. Like there was a lot more poise. He looked a lot more confident. He looked a lot more focused um, and decisive, I guess is the best way to put it. He was a lot more decisive. Cause like I throw to Ian Thomas, he just like planted his back foot and drove it down the field all game. He was like getting happy feet. He was dancing around. He was hesitating before making throws. There was one play where he got sacked and in like the end zone angle, you could see Brandon Zilstra had all sorts of space. He just hadn't quite like come out of his break yet. And if Sam Donald, like, you know, just throws it into open space, it doesn't even have to be a great throw. Like, Brandon Zilstra had all sorts of room to catch it. But he just, like, didn't seem like he was trusting what he was seeing and was kind of yeah. second-guessing himself. And then it's the like last he was drive... Waiting on, he was waiting on his guys to get wide open. Yeah. And you and can't the last, do that. Yeah, and then the last drive, when it became, like, desperation time, it's just like, all right, we need to, like, go out here, and I got nothing to lose. We got to, like, we have to make plays. He started, like, hitting his receivers whether they were open or not and he was making good throws he made really good plays and he just needs to, and i think that he just kind needs of goes to do that yeah and i think he's out there and play what i think is that's kind of i think how he started the season where it was just like yeah you know you kind of have that swagger of like i'm in a new environment i got a bunch of people to prove wrong and then what kind of ha i feel like and this is just kind of human nature as like inevitably you're going to have failures and as the failures start to add up you start to like lose that swagger from the new yeah. that the new situation brought you, and I think he, uh, I think that he like needs to kind of get back to that. Yep, I agree. Yeah, pretty so, much. As far as the defense goes, I mean, the only thing, the only real point that I have to make right now is just that <clears throat> the Cowboys showed teams how to nullify the Panthers defense and obviously the Panthers offense struggling is not helping the defense because the cow the Cowboys just went into max protect a lot of times and uh that nullified the pass rush a little bit so that left players open so some adjustments will need to be made but obviously the offense being more successful will definitely help the defense so why don't we uh make the transition into the uh Giants game I guess 
Um, okay. Now we will be entering the third quarter of the podcast. So we will now make no points uh, in honor of the <laughs> Panthers over the last four games. By the way, by the way, uh, just like the Cowboys game, um, the Panthers won three of the four quarters. So, so maybe, you know, they kind of technically won that game. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if you go by the rule of fractions, they did win the game. Yeah. And then then if the the game was played on a spreadsheet, we would be five and one or six and oh right now. Yeah. If if they, if they could just like, if you, if it was like a quarters system where like, you went one point for winning a quarter and whatever team wins the most quarters, like the Panthers would have be a lot better right now. Yeah. Cause we are, I would say certified ass in the third quarter. <laughs> uh, we have been all year. I think we've scored one touchdown in the third quarter all year. Uh, we scored one. I remember right. It was against the Eagles. We scored one against the Vikings. Or the, it, it, it was not the Eagles. Or, the yeah. Was it the block? Was it the block punt against the Vikings? Yeah, it was the block punt. We've so only I mean, scored one <laughs> touchdown on offense in the third quarter. Okay. Um, so that's what it is. Because I know um, our colleague Mick um, Smiley is keeping up with that in his momentum c- column on Tuesdays. And he said he's going to keep pointing it out until we change it, like until we score a touchdown on offense. He is going to continue to point out that we have not done so. <laughs> <laughs> I have I had a, a point to make, but it's but my internet's letting me down here, and I can't do it. But I think we haven't scored an offensive touchdown in the third quarter on a Sunday. It's been a while, yeah. At all, like all season. Yeah, it was against Texas, yeah. or Houston. Was, that's what it was. Yeah, it was against Houston. So it's all in the in yeah. It was we on a Thursday scored, night. Yeah. Yeah. So we haven't scored a we haven't scored a third quarter a Sunday third quarter to offensive touchdown all season. Well, now you're just cherry picking. Sunday third Fine quarters enough. are pretty pretty uh, substantial. Eh. And what gets me is how how can a team be that bad after having basically a team meeting at halftime? Like, how can you be that bad coming out of the gate in the second half? Because we've been really really bad. It's not like we're we're driving down the field, taking our dear sweet time. And 12 minutes later, you know, it just, we score a touchdown, but it's like there's 14 minutes and 58 seconds left in the fourth quarter. By the time we do it, like we're getting our asses handed to us and we're like Dallas scored. What was it? 21 unanswered points. We were winning at halftime and we were down by like 20 points after the third quarter was over. And, you know, it's just, it keeps getting worse. And I don't know. I'm, I'm looking forward to the Giants game because I think it's going to be probably the worst 15 minutes of football <laughs> that anybody will see all year. Panthers also haven't kicked a third quarter field goal. So they have 14 third quarter points and one of them was a blocked punt. Yeah, that's, that's not good. Uh, well, why don't we talk about the Giants? We can yeah, just make fun of the Giants. That'll like Yeah. Yeah. At least we're not the Giants. <laughs> They're one and five. Again. And they've lost yeah, again for the third year in a row. And they've lost their last two games by fifty one combined points. They're bad. Those are certainly to good teams though, right? Actually, I think they are. Um I know <laughs> last week they got beat by the Rams. Oh, it was the Rams and the Cowboys, but still. And the Cowboys. So yeah, it's not that laughable, but 
Their eh, one I mean, win, their one win was against the Saints in overtime. And they lost an overtime game because they committed a penalty on a game-winning field goal that was missed. And then the the Washington kicker got to re-kick it and he made it after a penalty. So they should be better than they are, but they're like us and they're just not. I don't know. They're pretty bad. They are bad. <laughs> and I think they're bad because they're they're being built by a guy who doesn't really know how to build a football team. Knows oh, how to get that? big guys. Who, wait, who who is that? Who who's the team who's the guy building their team? I don't I don't remember. It's Dave Gettleman. What? Mm. The same GM that took the Panthers to the first, to their second Super Bowl? No way. Yes, it's the same guy that took Marty Herney's players to the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> you drafted a couple of the players. You drafted like two or three of them, but for the most part, yes. But then, I mean, like he totally sustained the success while he was here, right? No. <laughs> oh man fucking yeah, the giants Roman. the the giants i was looking for it earlier i'm pretty sure they have like the worst record in the nfl over the last like five years combined um their best record where did it go and this is again this is very clearly just like i said going to turn into like a giants laugh at the giants segment uh, their last five seasons, uh, three and thirteen, five and eleven, four and twelve, six and ten, and then they're one and five this year. So, um, it's, that's that's tough. Well, it's a good thing they spent a high draft pick on Saquon Barkley. <laughs> yeah, I do think it's funny that like, like <clears throat> uh, Dave Gettleman's a very big like anti analytics, big like football football guy, football guy. And uh, he drafted a running back in the top 10 two years in a row. Yeah. To be fair, Christian McCaffrey at least can line up a wide, re- he could line up a wide receiver full time if he wanted to. So oh, yeah. a little different. No, yeah, but it's just, but still it's more fun. It's fun to say that. It yeah. is. But, he got um, James Bradbury though. He, he managed to sign James Bradbury to an extension. So that was good, right? Is it so? This is a, a tangent. Is this is it normal for teams like when their players leave for them just to like exclusively sign with people that used to be part of the same their previous team? Like it feels like every like if you watch a Bills Giants or Washington football team game, that's where like every single Panthers free agent has gone. Yeah, it almost makes me think that's because nobody else wants them. I mean, I'm sure that there's probably an element to that because football players that are roster like roster filler guys like outside of you know your elite players tend to be kind of a preference thing more than a because there's just like a very large pool of talent but yeah like i like watching the bills game and it's just like every panthers like mediocre panthers defender that's ever left here is playing for the bills right now yeah and to make it even funnier it it goes into the media too all of the former panthers.com and charlotte <laughs> observer beat writers all work for the bills now yeah. so like i was i was still following one of them i can't remember which one it was i think it was elena getzenberg then she was tweeting um i think it was about star latula or <laughs> somebody and she's like he he's 
had a good practice. I'm like, when did we re-sign Star Latule? And then I forgot. I'm like, oh wait, she covers the Bills now. Yeah, I was and- watching the Bills. I was watching the Bills against the Chiefs, and it was like yeah. Star Latule. He is real disruptive here, and then but AJ Klein makes the tackle. Um, and yeah. then like uh, Andre Vernon Smith Butler's got called- in on the play, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> Andre Smith got called for a holding that kind of cost the Bills a game on uh, Monday night, and it was just like. And then, yeah, we talked about like James Bradbury's on the Giants and Graham Gano's on the Giants. And it's just like, oh, that's like all these players go. Just Washington's got like all of the other players that aren't one of those two teams. Um, but anyway, there's one thing I want to talk about the Giants. Uh, so we're playing the Giants in New York. Um, and I'm kind of stealing this from somewhere else. I didn't realize this for myself. But uh, Daniel Jones at home is so much worse than Daniel Jones on the road. Did you guys really? know that? Oh, yeah. Wow. I didn't know that. So his well, completion... maybe it's the stadium, because Sam Darnold was awful when he was with the Jets, <laughs> and they share the same stadium, so maybe that's the problem. <laughs> it's got the curse of Jimmy Hoffa being buried under the stadium. Yeah. <laughs> um, at home, he completes 61% of his passes. On the road, he completes 63% of his passes. That's kind of the same. Uh, the big thing is... Yards per attempt at home, 6.4. Yards per attempt on the road, 7. Uh, touchdown to interception ratio on the road is 25 touchdowns to 7 interceptions. Uh, touchdown interception ratio at home, it's 14 touchdowns to 19 interceptions. And that's in about hmm. pretty much the same amount of games. That is so weird. And his passer rating is 20 points lower at home. I don't... Is it... Are there any other quarterbacks that have that problem? Like, were there so much worse at home? I don't think so. Drew Brees That's, is that much worse on the road, but yeah, for a little while. But well, I I can understand it being that way, where you're yeah. really bad on the road, but you're good at home. I don't think I've ever seen a quarterback, at least a starting quarterback, that has enough games for it to matter. Yeah, where it's not just that, random like, samples. Yeah, yeah, like you know, yeah, of course, a a guy that only played four games would probably mm. have a a swing like that, but yeah. It's odd. Like, I think that's yeah. my new favorite stat. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, he's played sixteen home games and seventeen road games. So the yeah, like the numbers match up. But the touch eleven more touchdowns and one more road game, and then uh, where'd I go? Where'd I go? And twelve more interceptions at home and one less game. Not that's, good. That's crazy. Uh, Maybe they need well, to do like Dallas and switch to their white jersey at home. Like yeah. maybe the blue jersey throws him off. <laughs> that's, makes that's, him think about Duke, like takes him back to his college days or something. That must be what it is. Daniel Jones just, just can't handle do they yeah, I guess they always they usually wear blue at home. Yeah, that's their thing. Blue at home for the most part. Um it's gonna be a duel of uh I guess let's call it hotly debated quarterbacks on Sunday. So that should be fun. Yeah, I think they're both kind of in that same tier of like, they're good enough to where you're like, this guy might be good enough if we just get the right pieces around him or if we give him some time to figure it out. And like, so you kind of like don't want to get rid of him, but they're not good enough to like actually make you good. Right. Yeah. Like, I think Sam Darnold is basically Ryan Fitzpatrick without a beard. (laughs) Because, I mean, for real, when you look at him, 
he's either going to be really good or really bad. And he had really good games for the first three weeks, and he's starting to turn back into a pumpkin. I think he is Ryan Fitzpatrick, like, reincarnated. Because it's the same pattern. Like, Ryan Fitzpatrick is really good for about two or three games, and then he's really bad. The old gunslinger mentality. <laughs> yeah, that, that is part of it, too. I, like, all jokes aside, Sam Darnold has that Brett Favre gunslinger, I have to do this myself mentality. They're both good runners. They both can run when they want to. <laughs> <laughs> Sam Darnold still leads the league in touchdowns, doesn't he? Not Derrick Henry's past him or, now. Or Derrick Henry's past him? Yeah. Well, that's not surprising at all. Derrick Henry's doing Fucking, okay. Yeah. But anyway, was, this is a... Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, to to really kind of make matters worse or better, I don't know, depending on what side of the coin you're looking at, the Giants are also very hurt on top of being bad to begin with yeah they're kind of yeah. like us where they have a lot of their key contributors are out yeah this like, is going to be a really ugly game on sunday <laughs> well if Bar- barkley is going to be out galladay is going to be out and then like Kadarius tony is kind of like emerged as like a good a really good player in the absence of literally the rest of their wide receivers but now he's out and so like they're up to like hoping Darius Slayton and Sterling Shepard's hamstrings hold up. And then after that, like, I don't even know what their depth chart looks like. Like, do you even have real people <laughs> on the roster after that? Yeah. And we're going to have just DJ Moore, Shy Smith and Robbie Anderson. Every other player that catches passes is hurt. I, I noticed that you left Chuba out of the list of people that catch. Well, passes. Chuba doesn't catch passes. <laughs> <laughs> he drops well, we passes. Got, we still got CJ Saunders and Keith Kirkwood though. They're on the practice squad. You know, it's okay. Keith Kirkwood, at this point, I don't think he can put his helmet on without getting hurt. <laughs> like the poor guy, he, he's been he's been seriously injured every time he's tried to play. I don't know if he can play. Well, I, have lot, I have a lot of respect. Sunday. I have a lot of respect for players that are like competitive enough to do that. Like, yeah, to just, I'd like, have gave like, up. Yeah, well, like just like Raheem Mostert's kind of the same way. Like Raheem Mostert always has like like a couple good games before he like breaks his arm or tears his ACL or something. And he's just like, I'll be back next year, guys. It's like, yeah, no, no, not me. I'm out. Like, God is trying to tell me that I'm not an NFL player. Yeah, you spend like 85% of your last, of your last several years rehabbing from catastrophic injuries. And you're like, it's worth it to play in two games before it happens again. That's why you get those injury guarantees, man. <laughs> um, but yeah, overall, not going to be a great game. I mean, I do worry about the the pass rush for the Giants because I think that's the only thing they really have on defense because they got um, Leonard Williams and uh, what's his face Dexter uh, Lawrence. Huh? Lawrence. Is that Dexter Lawrence? Okay, yeah, yeah. They have some good. They have some good people on their defensive line, and that's going to be a problem because it seems like anybody who has any talent can. Uh, get after the passer against the Panthers. So that could be a big issue. Um, you don't even necessarily need talent. You just need, like, people. Yeah. People who have two working legs and two yeah. working arms. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Their, their pass rush run rate's been pretty bad since we're using that as the end-all, be-all uh, on this particular episode of this podcast. 
Well, I don't think we should, to be honest, but <laughs> I forget what, I think it was week one, but they were, but like the, the pass rush win, win rate for the Panthers was like horrible against the Jets and didn't look that bad. No, Just it's like from actually, the eye test. Yeah, they're first now though, the Panthers are, so. It is ah, normalized. Well. <laughs> <laughs> so we now we now believe the stat because we like it. So that is why we take it uh, to full seriousness because we we agree with the Panthers being number one. Yep. But well, I, I feel like it's tough to like talk about this game not because it's like I mean I guess we could, but it's it just looks like so bad on paper with how bad the Panthers have been the last three weeks and then how bad the Giants have been for the last three years. Yeah, um, it, it's just going to be miserable. Like, we should get hazard pay for watching it. <laughs> like, it's going to be don't know. miserable. Sometimes, like, when two bad teams play each other, that's when, like, the weirdest stuff happens and it can get kind of fun. Yeah, this could end like, up being, like, that Thursday night game a couple years ago that was, like, 52 to 48 or something like that. Well, it's just, that's that's what always what happens is it's like, ah, oh, this bad team, this other bad team, they're going to play a bad game. But they just kind of, like, keep, like, tripping over themselves and, like, passing the ball back and forth. And, like, it's like, oh, this has actually gotten really fun. Yeah, so, see, that's my thing. If we're going to be bad, I want to at least be funny. Like, I don't <laughs> want to just be bad and boring. I want to be funny. Yes, I, I mean, we've give me, about a lot of give me, and give me a Sam Darnold interception on the literal first play of the game when he has ten seconds behind the the offensive line to make a play. Like, give me that kind of stuff. I want that if we're going to be bad. No, I think we we talked about it on this show many times. Uh, it, it, this is sports. This is entertainment. Entertainment value comes first. Yes. Nothing else be entertaining. My my life is not changed one way or the other. If we go 17 and 0 or 0 and 17, I literally do not care. My paycheck stays the same. My life is not changed. I am not. My happiness is not existent, but it's not based on. <laughs> how well the Panthers do or don't do. And so I just want to be entertained. Whether that's good or bad, I don't care. I just want to be entertained. I prefer it to be good. It's more fun. I, when it, it's but more it's fun when everybody's happy because they're winning. I will give you that. Yes. Yeah. But if we're going to be bad, I just want to be funny. Like, yeah. let, let's go. Let's be funny. Yeah. And then we can be make fun of all the other bad teams like the Giants yeah. who have – <laughs> not gotten better and then their their head coach is just yelling at everybody and making them run laps and you should tell people about your your experience on uh was it big blue view or was it somebody else it's big blue view yeah i i did a show yesterday as we're recording this with uh, with ed from big blue view and i'm telling y'all he's as beat down as as we are um he's he's pretty much tired of of the giants being terrible. And <laughs> he basically, Joe judge does not really deserve to be an NFL coach. Uh, <laughs> and I think we kind of saw that when they hired him because he was like the Patriots. What was he like? Their assistant special, special team coordinator or yeah. Is a special teams coordinator. Yeah. And According to Ed, they hired Joe Judge because Matt Rule was hired by us. And the Giants were trying to 
hire Matt Rule, but then David Tepper went to Matt Rule's house and offered him all that money in all those years, and the, the Giants were like, no, we're not going to do that. We'll just hire Joe Judge. And he does a lot of the same things that Matt Rule does. He talks about the process more than he talks about the result. Uh, he talks about we're getting better on film, even though they have started one in five the last three years. <laughs> They've been one of the worst teams in the league for the last five years. Um, but he is seeing improvement in them at practice and they're getting better. <laughs> and it's just, you know, it's not translating on the field. I want to know how much better you're getting on film. If your production is exactly the same as at like several years running, like, yeah, I, he like, has to look at things like, oh, okay, we caught 21 passes instead of 19, so we got better. <laughs> yes. Or we gained 375 yards instead of 362, so we got better today. Like, it has to be that kind of stuff because yeah, they're not like, getting better. <laughs> it's like, like if to make this all, like, mathy, it's like, you know how they do, like, expected wins based on, like, yep. your, yeah. it, it, it's like, our expected wins in this situation, like from this point of the season, went from one po- from like zero point nine to one point three over the last three years. It's like, yeah, but that's all one win. Like, yeah, it's not that's not enough to matter. Like, it's progress. It does it's, just like, it's just like Matt Rule or any other Panthers coach in our history talking about morale boosting wins in December that take <laughs> us from picking third overall to picking ninth overall. So we can start the three and eight, the begin uh, the next season. Again. Yeah. So we can start three and eight the next year and miss out on a franchise quarterback. It is starkly similar because I remember this week or this past week. Anyway, um, there, the whole thing coming from Panthers media was that the Panthers responded to their loss to the Eagles with the best practice they've had all season slash off season. And then they proceed to go shit the bed against the Vikings. So yeah. 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 <laughs> And my God, the Vikings tried to let us win that game. Yep. The fact that it it was, we were only down by eight points in the last two minutes and had a chance to score that touchdown says a lot about how bad the Vikings played. Yeah, I mean, Mike Zimmer, there were Vikings, like apparently was trending on Twitter for Vikings fans to uh, be tweeting about firing Mike Zimmer after a win. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> That's, uh, I, I feel like it's very much like where we were with where a lot of Panthers fans are with Ron Rivera when like even when the team was like fifteen and one it's like we're fifteen and one but we're also like narrowly hanging on by the skin of our teeth after taking like a four touchdown lead in the first half like repeatedly yeah. it's like this is getting yeah, like, this we game were, manager is not working we were a Thomas Davis miracle recovery on an onside kick away from not making the Super Bowl that year. Because the the Seahawks, if they would have recovered that kick, it was over. They would have won the game. Yeah, we were up like what twenty eight to nothing. It was twenty eight to nothing at halftime, <laughs> and we had to recover an onside kick to salvage <laughs> a win in the yeah. playoffs. Yes, at home. <laughs> I mean, won it, like what, like thirty one to twenty eight or something. Yeah, we like won thirty one to twenty eight. I think we we kicked a field goal in the third quarter, if I remember right, and then we let Seattle get back in it and we, we just, that was basically every week in 2015. Like we won a game in overtime because the Colts kicker missed a field goal. Um, 
there were other like a ball bounced the, our the, way it, instead of their way. Like it was. It took the Cam Newton like having a huge drive against the Giants to win a game after we were up like thirty-five to seven in the second yeah. half. Yeah, I, so it was just words, week after week. <laughs> in other words, Giants fans, anyone listening, we we feel your pain. We do. <laughs> we really do. Yeah. You know what well, I really we, want to happen if we're going to lose. I want Graham Gano to kick a 63-yard field goal to win the game because that's what happened last time we played the Giants. <laughs> he kicked a 63-yard field goal to beat the Giants. So I kind of want him to do that to us. The ultimate revenge game. The ultimate revenge game. This game is going to be ugly. We're going to see a lot of attempted field goals. So if you have Graham Gano on the waiver wire in your fantasy league, I would suggest picking him up. You have the blessing of Justin Tucker on your team, but anyway, sorry, John, go ahead, John. What if Zane Gonzalez kicks the 63-yard field goal to be the Giants? I don't That's know if Zane Gonzalez can kick the ball 63 yards, but that would be great. I, mean, he just, I know he struggles to kick kickoff 63 yards, but yeah. that would, that's what would make it so funny. Uh, is is it, you know, there's like, well, at least this guy can't like rip our hearts out with a record, almost record length field goal, and then Zane Gonzalez just like goes super saiyan, kicks the ball farther than he has in his life. Yeah, it makes that it would be great. <laughs> Man, just to like break his leg, but he still makes it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> this game I feel like is destined to have a final score that has like a lot of twos in it and like stuff that doesn't like a regular football score. Like there'd be like missed extra points and like going for two to try to chase points, and then whatever team wins is going to be like twenty six to twenty two or something. This could very yeah. well be a repeat of the two thousand ten Panthers Chicago Bears game. Oh God, I hate that game so much. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think every touchdown scored in that game was defensive. I don't think either offense scored a touchdown the entire game. <laughs> gonna, gonna have an interception by Derek Brown. Gonna have a forced fumble that's recovered by an offensive lineman where they run it 15 yards for a first down. Like, you know, just fucking chaos. I'm here for it. <laughs> Yeah, the betting line is the Panthers are favored by three, even though they're the road team. So that means that Vegas thinks they're pa the Panthers should win this game by a touchdown because the home team gets three points automatically. And when I did my prediction article, I picked Carolina to win 23 to 17. So, I mean, I – but I fully embrace John's chaos theory that it's going <laughs> to be one of those 20, 22 to – 12 or you know some weird scoregami type score because both teams are going to be chasing points and missing kicks and going for two and all that kind of nonsense there'll probably be a safety involved <laughs> um you know because somebody snaps the ball over the punter's head um you know stuff like that i think we're going to see the full gamut of craziness but i do think we're so going to win Speaking of score predictions, let's go ahead and get those out of the way. Well, John and I have already done ours. Uh, 26-22 well, Panthers. I'm predicting a 16-9 win Panthers. I'm actually going to change mine to like 26 to like 12. I'm going to go with a blowout win because the Giants are really bad. Especially at home, like we talked about earlier. Yep. I would say 16-9 to nine would be my prediction just for shits and gigs but you know just just again to, to drive home the home road split thing 
Like their one win was at the Saints, and they lost to Washington by one at Washington. Uh, they lost at their home. They had a three point loss to the Falcons, which is a, like kind of what we were talking about with this game, a stupid 17 to 14 game. And then they got destroyed by the Broncos 27, 13, and they got destroyed by the Rams 38 to 11. So. Yeah, that, yeah. that game was hard to watch. So, All of them. No, I no the Rams game specifically was very <laughs> hard to watch. And to further drive point your, your point about, them being worse at home and being decent on the road, that Washington game that they lost by one point there, the Washington's kicker had two shots at the game winning oh, yeah, field yeah. goal because they committed a penalty on the one he missed. So without a stupid penalty, they would actually be two and four. They would be two and O oh or two and one on the road on the one on the road. Yeah. And, and, and oh, and three at home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, well, which actually would be funnier. Right? So I kind of hate that. <laughs> that happened. It just, just like a, just you want a monstrous like home road split where they're like way better on the road. Yeah, I would love to well, see a team go like nine and eight and <laughs> be like <laughs> eight and one or seven and two at home and like one and eight at on the road or, or, or at other way around. But yeah, other yeah. way around. Yeah, that would be great. And <laughs> yeah, we got it to is experience get- something. We got to experience something like that a little bit in the early 2000s with the Panthers when they were much better on the road for some reason, if you guys recall can't, that. Can't handle the pressure of the home fans. Yeah. Just want to, yeah. Just want to play well for them. Can't handle yeah. it. Can't handle it at all. <laughs> Especially when they're calling for every offensive lineman on the roster's head. So That's what uh, it is. Yep. <laughs> uh, but uh, do we have anything else we'd like to cover before we uh, – put an end to this and uh, brace ourselves for the experience on Sunday. Uh, no, no, I'm good. I'm pretty, I've said everything I need to say. All right. Well, from all of us here at the Keep Sounding podcast, we are back and uh, we should be back on a regular posting schedule, barring, you know, me forgetting my laptop somewhere. So Brian forgets that at the post here, office. Yep. Yeah, I'll just get to, get to the post office, get everything but the laptop. It'll just be sitting there on the side of the road. Um, <laughs> but from all of us here at the Keep Sounding Podcast, this is Brian, joined by Brad and John as always. Stay tuned, stay safe, stay healthy, and we'll talk to you soon. See you. Later.